All right, we're back for another Monday. Coach Schumann and Mike Farrell. I think it says we're talking about preseason polls, but we're not. I know. I, I actually, yeah, no, because I, I put the title in. It's all right. That, that'll be in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's, we're it's, talking uh, Malachi Nelson. Bait and sway. Yeah, yeah, get him in. But Malachi Nelson's a, a juicier topic, anyways, with his visit to Texas AM. So, uh, but, you know, obviously the promo first. Um, what was I doing? I was talking to the father of a six foot six, two hundred and fifteen pound lefty quarterback from North Carolina, struggling to get offers. You know, was on the radar early as an eighth grader, sort of fell off a little bit. Um, and just we, you know, his dad is in another business that I might be a part of, and and we were just, you know, talking about how difficult it is for quarterbacks, difficult it is for lefty quarterbacks, difficult it is for any quarterbacks to get that attention. And our, our guy, uh, Carson Kruber, just got an offer from Drake, I think it was. Drake, that's correct. You know? And so I was telling him, I said, listen, the, the, the son wants to play at a big school, you know, and he's trying to get preferred walk-on offers. And I told him, I said, it's a different world now with FCS. You can go FCS. Um, and if you do well there, then you can transfer. Um, especially with unlimited transfers now and all that other stuff. So there's still this mindset that, you know, you have to get the big FBS offer. You have to get the preferred walk-on if you can't get that. You know, the Kyle Trasks of the world, who was a backup to De'Ara King in Texas, and he ended up getting a scholarship off of Florida. They don't exist anymore. And he was a scholarship kid. And, and way back in the day when Doug Flutie went from fifth string to first string at BC, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, you know, Kruver mentioned he's, you know, a long time ago, he's trying to get a Texas preferred walk-on offer. And I'm like, okay. But I thought to myself, well, why? You know, they're trying to take care of Hudson Card and get him to not transfer. Um, you know, they've got the kid from California. Uh, they're trying to get him, you know, Malik Murphy trying to get him not to transfer. They're trying to take care of Quinn Ewers, who's, you know, the superstar transfer in. And then they've got Arch Manning. Like, where do you fit in there as a preferred walk-on? Scout team guy? You'd be better off going to a Drake or someplace and trying to make your name there. Um, so it was interesting because, again, it was a quarterback, and they have different problems than others. Uh, but, you know, I told him of the promotion, and we'll see if he, he takes advantage of it. But I've noticed Kruver slowly creeping up on – the radar of more and more schools. And I think we've done three for him. Yep. It's not instantaneous. Sometimes it takes that, that churn, that grind, um, you know, and Hartman and, you know, Rauner and some of those other guys are starting to see it as well because they did the six month and they're starting to see the, 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 you know, repetition of the promotion getting them more and more interest. So the one time is great, but I think most of the people who do the one time are going to, roll into this next month. I, I agree. I, I think that once you do the one, you see that, okay, this is really good. If we could just do this once a month and promote us, um, then a different group of people are going to see it each time, you know? So um, with a large following, you might have these coaches that have seen it they or, or people that have seen it or your coach has seen it and passed it around. And then it might get passed around again to a different group of people the next time. And eventually you hit all the people that you need to hit um, in that six month promotion, which I think is a 
that's I've noticed that already that that is really and we could talk about something a little bit different about you each time that right. we could talk about your pro, I mean it's going to really be amazing when you get in the season right because you could actually literally if you wanted us to do it and you were nailing games each week we could point out things each week literally that that uh is different but absolutely once a month you know throughout the season the things that you've shown in those three or four games in that month then and, and it I, goes out more than that you know i mean i yeah. retweeted a ton of times i i've done sometimes two in a month just because yep. you know like hartman sends me new stuff or uh kruber will send me new stuff and you know i'll, I'll have that put together and it's a good combination of you know sometimes it's films sometimes it's seven on seven stuff and off season stuff um and as the season starts we're going to start seeing a little bit more interest in general we have a lot of interest on our accounts in the off season but it just gets crazy once the season starts um so you know but that was that was interesting to hear from another because i don't talk to quarterback dads i just don't because the most of the ones i've dealt with are the kyler murray's and, and Caleb Williams, you know, parents, um, and I just, Bryce Young, uh, I, I avoid them like the plague because their kids are great and they're, you know, choosing between multiple scholarship offers and they're going to be millionaires and all that stuff. Um, so to talk to, you know, the parents of a struggling quarterback who's trying to get attention and it's 2023 and, you know, what, what do I tell him versus, you know, prefer walk-on versus FCS and, um, it's a different level of trying to get that attention. Um, I still say the biggest benefit you're going to get from this is the younger kids. Um, I agree. And, and, it, and it could end up being a situation where, you know, you got an eighth grader and he does a six month. And then as a ninth grader, he's going to have to do another six month or he has to do the year. And it's an investment. Um, but, you know, if you get that, that financial aid, or scholarship or whatever, the investment pays off. Uh, but I still think getting ahead of it is the smart thing to do. Uh, but if you weren't able to do that, or this wasn't available, obviously, you know, three months ago, take advantage of it now if you're in 2023, 2024, trying to get there. But um, the earlier, the better. You got to get out there. there. There's no doubt about it. I, I've seen just what Marshall Eck, that he's getting attention already. And, um, yes, you know. And he's a young kid, and, and, and he's getting a lot of attention. Um, and and he and he was a one. He was a one. He was time. one. Now now mm -hmm. he's gonna do. He'll end up doing. You know the, yeah. the the large. But I, that's an example. If he gets on it and he's on it, you know, for over the next couple of years with us. I mean, now obviously you have to be good. You know, yeah. if you're not good, it doesn't matter. He's good, so he's getting ahead of it. And that's going to give him an, an, an advantage because you, I think, you know, and I mean, this is my speculation. You would know better than me on some of this stuff, but, um, you know, there's by, by us going and pointing these things out, if I'm a college coach and I'm seeing this over and over again, we're just saying now we're like cutting through the chase. You don't even have, you could look at exactly what we're talking about and say, Oh, I agree with uh, Mike and Dave, or I don't agree with them. But you're cutting right through it. So if you say like this looks really good, or this really looks really good about a player, uh, comes across a coach, he watched that film, he can immediately say, "Do I see what Mike and Dave see? Oh, if I do, oh, this is a kid I might be interested in, you know, or I disagree with him." But it cuts through it versus them having to go through all, you know, 
everything will, you know, every three weeks when you send them something new, they got to go through the whole thing again. Watch that. Now you have the, the commentary from people that they know are experts and they can say, okay, I agree with him or I disagree with him, which is, which I, which mm-hmm. is what I like, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not like we're lying. It's, it's, we're right. seeing what we're seeing. And the other part of it too, is, you know, I mentioned the left of quarterback, you know, he, he said they had trouble because he's a lefty and a lot of schools don't want to deal with lefty quarterbacks. It, it changes your offensive line. It changes yep. the way the ball comes out, the spin on the ball, all that stuff. Um, and that's why lefty quarterbacks don't really succeed, you know, to a, a level in the NFL. Um, the NFL teams would uh, avoid them if they could. Uh, and colleges are the same way. So he said, you know, like 30% of the pool is limited because he's a lefty. And I said, nah, it's more than that. It's like 50 to 60 percent are just if they see that L, you know, on, on your, you know, whether you're right handed or left handed, they're going to just delete it. But if it's coming from us, they're not going to, you know, they're going to look at it. Now, again, they may not want a lefty quarterback. They may not want a short cornerback. They may not want, you know, uh, uh, a 360 pound offensive lineman. It depends on what they like, but they're going to look at it, um, whereas, you know, if there's anything, any reason for them not to look at it, because they're so busy, especially with NIL and all this other stuff, they're just not going to spend the time. So they will peruse it. You know, it's a minute. We do a minute. We're not taking up anybody's time. Um, and they will look at it for a minute. So that's why I think it's like the sweet spot. It's like you're getting it from people that they're going to pay attention to. And it's not long. Um, a seven-minute highlight film, they're going to watch the first four plays anyways. So there's no point sending that off. If they even watch it, they'll most likely delete it. So it just gives you that little extra boost. Um, but college coaches are busier than ever before, ever. And, and the, you know, it sort of segues into NIL and Malachi Nelson and yep. the, the presentations that they make and have to make and, and, and talk about, you know, it used to be what can your school do for me? from an educational standpoint and from a football standpoint. Now it's what can your school do for me from educational standpoint, football standpoint, NFL development standpoint, which has always been there. And currently, how can I make money? And, and that's not every kid. You know, the, the, there's a lot of Malachi Nelson is the number one player in the country to me. Okay, ESPN just made awesome. him number one. They dropped Arch Manning to number two, which I wasn't impressed with. I'm like, Arch Manning probably number 70 to 80 but two is a start um and i'm not against arch manning i'm just saying right like, at least espn saw that malachi nelson's better i mean dante moore is better and maybe they'll get to that point 24 7 on three rivals they still got arch at number one but malachi is the number one player in the country to me he's from losal he committed to lincoln riley at oklahoma Oklahoma, you know lincoln riley went to usc he committed to lincoln riley at usc couldn't think of a bigger lock you know he followed him from one school to another with his commitment loves the coach loves the development of quarterbacks loves the system and yet he took a visit to texas a&m and there were a lot of people saying different reasons zachariah branch uh makai lemon two of the kids that are in the usc class were supposed to be visiting as well one's his teammate one's his friend um he was going there to save them you know from going to a&m that's not true. They didn't even take the visit. Um, he was going there for fun. No, he's not going to go to College Station to have fun. Um, 
not in, not in July. I've been there. It's fine. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Listen, Hawaii, Bahamas. Yeah, or exactly. Know. And then it's NIL. And I'm like, this kid is already a millionaire. And people don't understand it. He is already a millionaire. Now, he's going to get money at USC. He's going to get money at Texas A&M. It's, it's, it's part of the process, and it's important to him. But this was a enthralled by the 2023 recruiting class that you, that Nick Saban said Jimbo bought. And the fact that the one thing that they seem to be missing is a quarterback to get to the national championship. So that's why he took the visit. Now, people will say, you know, you're full of it. Uh, NILs, it, this is a money thing. He's going there to raise his value at USC and get the bidding going and all that stuff. Maybe that's not what I've been told, but I do know that this kid has enough money already right now and he's going to make enough money where I don't think that's the ultimate factor in his decision. Lane Kiffin said at the at the media days, like this this is basically it is what it is. This is what we're, we're where you are to think that it's uh anything other than a player's figuring out not just what's best for them school but really what's figuring out for them financially what's best. Is if to think that that doesn't weigh in a decision is to me completely ludicrous. If I could choose all these powerhouse programs, right? They're all great programs. I'm potentially an NFL player, and um, and I'm choosing between all what you would argue are elite coaches too, right? So they're all elite coaches. They have slightly different systems, which is a, obviously an important part. Uh, of the playing side of it, but they're all elite coaches, right? And when you're making that decision, and if one financially, from whatever reason with the NIL contract, is sweeter in the pot, and it may not just be money, by the way, like people, we always talk about money, but it may be things, things you're getting too, right? Mm-hmm. So the value could be things. And if that pot is sweeter at one place or another and you personally are like, well, I could go here or I could go here, or I like this part about, you know, I like Lincoln Riley, but you know, I college station is okay with me too. Like, you know, I still, I I think it does weigh a factor and Lane, Lane Kiffin talked about it. And I think it's one of the things that he's dead on on is that, and obviously a lot of coaches have, have, Discuss it, but he's openly like just like Nick Saban said, and then got backlash for it. But Lane is double down, triple down, quadruple yeah. down. Says it's legalized cheating. Yeah, he says right. legalized cheating, and I think this is one area he's he's a hundred percent right on. Um, I don't know how I feel about it yet, like because it's it's so new. Like, I, there's something about it that tells me that it could um, cause issues, but. None of us really know. It hasn't been enough years in to know if that's going to cause issues or not. But it's the the part about the money not being a factor. Like, I just think it's it's naive for people to say that money is not a factor in a decision. Um, And and I'm going to say it even so far as this. Like, let's say someone was offering me one point five million versus two million, you know, People who don't have that level of money think, well, what's the difference? $1.5 million or $2 million, right? Well, if you have a family, you know, meaning parents, in most of these kids' cases, not, I mean, most of them don't have kids. But, um, but uh, you know, parents and other people that 
you're you might want to take care of for whatever reason or get a jump start on life yeah five hundred thousand dollars honestly makes it is is a significant amount of money like mm -hmm. i think it's not a significant amount of money <clears throat> that you can if you just look from an investment standpoint if you were invested and i had an extra five hundred thousand dollars to invest and play with right I, I could do that right i have my stability money here and i got my play money here and you know what that makes a difference so i think decisions if i was malachi nesson i would take a look at a couple places even though i'm committed and and, and i would take a look because why not what is usc gonna tell me that i can't come <laughs> here well you know like that they're that's, not they're not well, it's tough for him too. I was told it's tough for him because he's a very loyal kid. You know, I mean, when when Lincoln Riley went to USC, it was immediately, you know, Malachi Nelson was going with him, and he he loves Lincoln Riley. He loves the system, and he's a very loyal kid. And it was a difficult decision for him whether or not to take this visit, um, because of that loyalty he has. So it was a tough conversation for him to have with the USC, saying, "I'm going to check this out." But what I was told by someone close to him is that. He would have kicked himself if he didn't because why not as you said you just don't know you don't know what you're missing unless you see it so he went he saw it he liked it he liked it a lot and and people say well why would you want to play for jimbo fisher he's a horrible quarterback coach i'm like are you guys nuts you know kellen mond was a third rounder and maybe he didn't develop as much as i expected him to i thought he was going to be a deshaun watson level player um you know, and they had quarterback problems last year, but this guy has also put—he's put four players in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, you know, Jameis Winston went number one overall. He's—he's uh, he's not, you know, he's not chopped liver when it comes to quarterback development. Um, just because he's very animated with his quarterbacks and he like yells at them between every play, and people think that's like kind of weird and showboaty and annoying. He is really good with quarterbacks. Um, and Riley has put his share, obviously, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield into the NFL as well. And Jalen Hurts, you know, where you can argue, was his development as a passer at Alabama or Oklahoma? Probably Oklahoma. Right. But it's not like he's going to see a guy who's a slouch. Um, it's not like he's going to see a program. Now what happens is once you do this, once you make that decision that this is a business decision, I get one shot at this out of high school. Yeah, the portal's out there, but I get one shot of this out of high school. You visit a place, it opens your eyes, then you think about visiting other places. And that's what's going to be intriguing to me. USC has to sort of re-recruit him. They have, to, they have to show him the love when he comes back. But there's other schools, and I don't have those schools. I, I wasn't given the names of those schools that he's thinking about visiting. So now that that you know, floodgates are open, he's probably going to take other visits. And he should. I mean, it's his choice. It's his life. Um, he'd kind of be stupid to just be loyal because here's the thing. Let's say he was loyal like Caleb Williams was. You know, I'm, I'm going to Oklahoma, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm committed. Well, Lincoln Riley bolted and Caleb Williams had to leave. Coaches can leave at any time. Just because Lincoln Riley just signed this mega deal with USC doesn't mean that the Dallas Cowboys call him next year and he's not gone. So you have to take care of yourself. You have to do what's right for you. And that's what Nelson's doing. And this is a real threat to USC, Texas A&M. I didn't think it was. I thought this for all the different reasons that I heard was just a visit. It wasn't. This was a business trip. 
and he had his head turned. So now it's on. Now it's on. I, I really think loyalty. This is interesting. I've shifted my mindset in this. I was like, I don't understand. You know, someone le- like I, you, should, you know, stick it out and all those kind of things. That's always how I was. Um, but with with respect to that, coaches can go around to different places, and and they should take advantage of their opportunities as well, in my opinion, right? These things come around sometimes once. So, um, and, you know, there's plenty of stories, as many Lincoln Rileys out there, there's the Charlie Weisses, right, who ascended and descended, right? So, um, and he had to take advantage of those, try to take advantage of those opportunities. Because if you don't, you're never going to, you're never going to know. But I think from a player standpoint, loyalty to me is like, it really comes down to, Okay, I signed the play here this season. I'm committed to my team and doing everything that's necessary to do the best I can. And then as soon as that season ends, you're assessing the next season in the world that you're, you're in. And once you commit to go and play, you know, I think you should be doing everything you can to be successful with that team. Now, in the old days, obviously, those were four, five, sometimes five-year commitments, right, that people were basically investing in. But since it's a two-way street, in part of that two-way street, I think you should have loyalty. Once, once you've decided I'm going here and I'm going to play this season here, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm going to do. I think you, you know, you shouldn't be looking over your shoulder until that season ends. But th- then um, the next season, you have to kind of continuously assess things because your coaches are assessing things every year. Yeah. You know, and and Nick Nick Saban obviously has been in one place for a long time, so you can increase your loyalty levels i think as you were at places where they've had more stability but if you're at a place that has not yet had stability you've kind of got to assess it on a year-to-year basis and as places stability grows well maybe your loyalty levels if you go to a place can increase you know yeah and, and so two two players come to mind when you mentioned that that have you know bad reputations currently uh one is spencer rattler <clears throat> who, you know, came out of high school, very brash in that whole <clears throat> documentary. And he looked like a, you know, just a diva. And, and he, he kind of was and maybe still is, you know, but what he did last year at Oklahoma is he went out there, you know, for his team, you know, preseason expectations that the Heisman, number one pick, all that stuff, got benched. Okay. You know, who didn't play well, got benched. Caleb Williams was the guy. Didn't jump in the transfer portal that day didn't leave the team that day. In fact, came into a game in relief of Caleb Williams, who was struggling, uh, you know, didn't play great, but still was there as a backup Then waited till the season ended and then decided to go into the portal and find a new home. And now he's going to South Carolina. He's there now. He's going to play for them this season. Handled it the right way, which you wouldn't think he would because the, the, the reputation of, you know, immaturity and petulance and all this other stuff. Um, Jordan Addison is a kid who was at Pitt and he gave it everything he had for two years at Pitt. And last season he was the Valentinkoff winner and he and Kenny Pickett put up crazy numbers. And at the end of the season, his offensive coordinator went to Nebraska. His wide receiver coach went to Texas. Um, They didn't have to sit out a year. There's no portal. They got better jobs or jobs that they liked better. And he, reassessed his love of Pitt based on that. Um, now fans are like, Pitt fans are like, you're, you're disloyal. 
blah, blah, blah. You're up for money. You know, he visited Texas where his wide receiver coach went. He visited USC, you know, where Caleb Williams is. And, and they didn't have as much of a previous relationship as I thought they had. They both grew up in Maryland. They played on the same 7-on-17, seven seven but they didn't really know each other that well. Made a decision to go to USC. Now everybody thinks he's a money-hungry kid. And it's all about NIL and it's all about the money. Um, accusations even from Narduzzi at Pitt against Riley for tampering. Um, these kids both did it the right way. Jordan Addison did it the right way. Now, in a perfect world, you know, he lost his quarterback too, but that's that's life. He went on to the NFL. But in a perfect world, his offense coordinator would have stayed. His, his wide receiver coach would have stayed, and maybe he would have stayed. But they didn't. So why do kids get slammed for chasing money when coaches can do the same thing? So I was like you, old school, loyal, but that's because those are the rules we grew up in. I remember a kid from Connecticut, I can't remember his name. This was 100 years ago, like 2000, maybe 1999. He was a running back, he was at Penn State, and he was from Connecticut, big time talent, and he wanted to transfer. And he had to go and ask Joe Pa for permission to transfer. And Joe Paterno and the Penn State Athletic Department gave him the they gave him the ability to transfer, but only he couldn't transfer any schools on their schedule for the next three years. You know, that was their stipulation. And he hired and threatened to sue and they ended up acquiescing. And the kid ended up at BC. He didn't have a great career, but I remember that specific situation where you can transfer but only to these schools we allow you to and that's how it used to be and now it's shifted so far in the other direction where a kid can jump at the portal and people don't know what to do they're freaking out they're like this is ruining college football and all this stuff and they have to look at it from the player's perspective is listen i'm jordan addison i lost two of the most important people that helped make me great at two you know to two different schools uh, or I'm Spencer Rattler and, 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 you know, I lost my job. I'm going to go someplace else. It's almost like, you know, Rattler got fired and people are angry at him for going to get another job. And Jordan Addison, you know, he essentially worked for a company where he loved his, his manager and his manager's manager. And they both left. And they didn't and now, give the financial incentive to stay. No. And now... Right, the pit people, people up are pissed. Right, well, I'm sure they tried, but yeah, it's yeah, like, but not the level that USC could do, and no, and not probably but, early enough. But also, I mean, like yeah. he he went to a company, and right. his manager took off, and his his other manager took Makes off. Sense. Now he's dealing with a new one, new two new managers that he doesn't know. He doesn't really, and maybe he didn't jive with them. Maybe he didn't want that. Maybe he didn't want that change. So when you look at it from a job perspective, you know, if if you go to work for a company and they fire you, you're allowed to get another job. You know, you don't have to sit there, or, or let's say they demote you, because that's what they did to Rattler, they demoted you. Right. You don't have to stay, you can go someplace else. Or let's say, you know, you go to a company and, and both of your managers that you loved leave. Well, you, you have the right to go to a different company. Um, so why not in college football, which is a business? So that's what comes to mind there about the old school thinking, which I had, and now this new school thinking, listen, I don't like, I don't like this all being about money. And I, I told this person close to Malika yesterday, I said, no matter what decision he makes, whether he sticks with USC, goes to Texas A&M or goes to a different school, 
the the majority of the people are going to say is because of money, period. And there's no changing their mind about that. They're going to say NIL. Oh, well, you know, he went to Texas A&M for that visit to raise his value and USC came in with a bigger check. You know, I had some moron on Twitter the other day saying, um, I, I put something out of Caleb Williams' quote about Jordan Addison. <clears throat> and, it, you know, he said that the kid wasn't about NIL. He wanted to win. And that's all they talked about was football. And Lincoln Riley sort of said this too in the LA Times. And I put up that quote and I said, this is what I heard about the kid as well from a lot of people and a lot of sources that I talked to that NIL wasn't the most important factor here for him. Uh, and some idiot responded, goes, recruiting in the portal. You know, because I said, this is what I heard during his recruitment in the portal. Like, like, first of all, recruiting in the portal is wrong. I said, when you go in the portal, you're allowed to be recruited, first of all. That's it. That's the rule. He's like, well, what about if you're recruited before the portal? I go, where's your proof? Prove to me that Lincoln Riley and everybody at USC recruited this in first. Prove to me there was some NIL deal in place that he had ready to go before right. he hit the portal. Until you have proof, it's all speculation and garbage. And speculation and garbage is, is great because you can do it without repercussion. But what about the efforts made? I know the kid visited Texas, you know, efforts were made to get him to go to Texas. I mean, Quinn Ewers was at a golf tournament with Patrick Mahomes, and he left it early so he could drive back to Austin and meet with Jordan Addison to try to recruit him for the team. The coaches spent the entire weekend when Addison was there, you know, away from their families, away from everybody, to recruit him. This isn't all about money. This is about effort and relationships, but people just won't yeah. listen to that. So, so poor Malachi Nelson, who seems to be a very nice kid, very high character kid. He's going to be labeled as a greedy kid, no matter where he goes now, period. Ridiculous. I, I, I'm going to use the example. And this is, I played F, UConn was FCS when I played. I, I love, I love that the fact that people think that we were FBS, but I'll take that credit, but we were FCS. Was that the skipper? Was that Skip Holtz so this is an interesting story. So, and I think you'll find this you kind of, yes, it was Skip Holtz days. So my head coach originally was a guy named Tom Jackson. Okay. You wouldn't know who he is because after he got fired from UConn, he, ne he never was a head coach again. Uh, but he was a Joe Pod disciple. You know, we ran the same system. So he, he brought me in on scholarship as a, well, a tailback that was going to move the fullback. Right. So I moved the fullback. And I started my redshirt freshman year, second half of my redshirt freshman year. I started. I started very early. And then he got fired. Okay. Skip Holtz came in. New running back coach. The old running back coach that was under Tom Jackson loved me. The new running back coach did not like me at all. And not personally. He liked personally. I didn't like fullbacks either. Didn't like fullbacks because Skip was more of an option guy at the time. He eventually moved to different – but – I, you know, uh, but didn't even though I was a running fullback, they did they, they didn't even want to give me a chance. Okay, they, I, but you know, every bad situation you could get put into, and people don't realize this as fans, coaches can put you in bad situations that don't make you look as good. So, and coaches can put you in good situations that make you look better. And football is subjective from that standpoint. So, I wasn't getting any of the the good reps, I was getting kind of the crappy reps and, or the, in, I would call them the indifferent reps who are basically the only thing that could happen is you're doing your job and hopefully nothing negative happened. There was no positive game. 
And uh, all of a sudden, I started moving down the depth chart below guys that I was uh, definitely thought it was better than. Skip Holtz came, uh, said to me after um, a spring ball, this I had an injury, I had to sit out a, a season, and I came back. And I said, listen, I'm not, you're just burying me down the depth chart here. I said, move me to another position. Now, I didn't have the option. To, I could have transferred somewhere else, but I would have had to go through that whole process, right? Um, and sit out of here. How to sit out, right. Luckily, he moved me to linebacker, and he gave me an opportunity, and I ended up starting a linebacker. But that is, a to me, a difficult, you know, row, and that's hard for a lot of kids to, to be able to do that. And I used the counter story, which was my roommate, who was a quarterback, had gone to Bergen Catholic High School. He was the starter from his true freshman year under Tom Jackson, right from the get-go. Two years started immediately, six foot five. You you may know the name if I said it to you, but I, I I'll, I'll just leave his name out of it for now. But he's six foot five, two hundred and fifteen, huge guy. He was a pro prospect, right? Even though it was FCS, as soon as he started, he was now already a pro prospect. And he started for two years. Tom Jackson got fired. Skip Holtz, one of the guy that ran more, he didn't, even though he was, he could run straight ahead, but he right. wasn't like, you know, a runner. He was a passer. And he they they didn't jive on anything. He lost the guy who loved him, his offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach was gone. Now he had no one in his corner. And then he slowly went down the depth chart. And other guys emerged that were more skip guys that he brought in. Now, his story ended sadly in a sense that he never got to play quarterback after that. Those two years, he lost his job and, and went from a guy who was a pro prospect to couldn't start at, at his, on his college. Team. He would have been a perfect person to transfer to another program without having to sit out the right fit for him. And he would have started immediately at whatever the other place would be that would right. have been the right fit. And that's why I think people should not be judging players as harsh. Cause I think about those two. I was lucky enough that it worked out for me. The other person who was a bigger prospect than me was the number one prospect in our class started out at the top of the top and didn't even get to play. You know, I think they were playing him at tight end or, or the receiver his last year just because, you know, it was like, boy, you really crapped on this kid. You know what I'm saying? And I don't blame Skip either, I, even though obviously his family would, was very upset with Skip. But I don't blame Skip either because Skip had his preferences, right? right? But that's why kids have to be allowed to go if they need to, just like coaches can go if they need to, because – it's not only about like, is this person good enough or not? Sometimes it's like, I prefer this type of quarterback, this type of fullback, this type of, and this person who was starting before does not fit with what I do. It's not his ability. It's the fit. And, uh, and you're not going to get a chance. And what you said, we talked about on the, um, we talked about the walk on like situation thing. That's why I'm so like, Hey, find a, if you could get a scholarship at an FCS, I think you're dead on on that. Because you're just going to go to a place where they really don't want you anyway, and you're not going to get an opportunity. People think that they're going to get opportunity because they see the video every year in spring ball of the kid who right. gets the scholarship. Mm -hmm. The and one kid. I, I could tell you at FCS even, 
there was one person a year. This was FCS in the 90s when you probably had a chance to do, to really get an opportunity. We would have one kid every year who would get that that scholarship thing. It wasn't like 10 of them. It'd be one guy that somehow proved himself. I mean, out of 100 people, well, out of 50 walk-ons or whatever that are there, one guy each year, you know, we used to have the back locker room that we used to be the walk-on locker room. And we used to say, like, that locker room, there would be a kid that would be in there. There would be kids that would be there for two weeks. I never saw them again. Like, the walk-on thing just turned over so mm -hmm. much. I mean, like hundreds of players over to just the, in the five years I was playing, hundreds and hundreds of players that were there two weeks. I'd see a kid at campus that would say, hey, Dave, how's it going? And I, I wouldn't know who he was. He was actually a walk-on. He'd be like, oh, I, you know, I was on the team. Yeah, he was on the team for like three weeks. You know? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't see those videos as much anymore. And you will see them less and less because with 85-man scholarship rosters and the portal – they're gone. It's just yeah. not going to happen. I mean, yeah, you're going to get the kid every once in a while that, that earns that scholarship through blood, sweat, and tears. But most schools will take the opportunity to give that scholarship to an FCS level player or a smaller group of five or, 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 or you know, even power five kid who's proven on that level, even over the loyalty of the kid who's been in your program and has been that scout team tackling dummy forever. I mean, you, you, roster management is so difficult nowadays that you, you, those spots are golden. Uh, so you, you, can, you can give that scholarship to that kid, or now that kid, if he doesn't get that scholarship, can jump in the portal and get a scholarship someplace else. So, you know, the, 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 the unlimited transfers is a little bit wonky. That's what they're going to vote on in August. Um, you know, and the windows are a little bit off, you know, but – Overall, you know, Ryan Mallett comes to mind when you mentioned the big, strong quarterback with the big arm, and he committed to Michigan, and then Rich Rodriguez came in. And there was no chance, for, you know, right. Ryan Mallett was ever going to be a fit for what he did. And, and he ended up transferred to Arkansas and had a great career. Um, and Denard Robinson ended up being the quarterback at Michigan. There was just no chance. There was no fit. And it wasn't Ryan Mallett's fault. He committed to a program that was pro-style and loved six-foot-five, 240-pound quarterbacks with a cannon arm. But the coach didn't, and he came in. So he had now he had to sit out a year. You know, I mean, this was way back. Yeah. Um, and it's just it makes no sense. So when kids are making these decisions at the high school level, this is the other thing that I've heard is, you know, I'll just you can commit to a school, but now you got the portal. If you make the bad choice, you could transfer. Well, that's not so easy either. I mean, there's academic portions of things too. You got to transfer credits and all this other stuff. Like if, if Malachi Nelson goes to USC and it's not the right choice for him, uh, it's a whole big mess. He can transfer immediately, but you know, you probably asked a Caleb Williams or somebody how difficult it was to transfer from Oklahoma to USC. It's not like a snap. You have to get all your credits transferred and do this, all this other stuff too. So I just think making the right decision is important. Taking those visits, it's his right and his choice. Let him do it. Agreed. 100%. It's, it's 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 the right thing, and and he'll end up making a better decision, I think. For if he sticks with USC, he'll feel better about his decision, and that's a, the thing I think that a lot of fans don't understand. That you know, if you you you're really locked into a place, you think you love this place, and you go and just look and see what everybody else is. If 
and and my experience is, is that quarterbacks are usually better decision makers, you know, than than other positions. They're probably among the best decision makers, if not the best. And them seeing another school, what they have to offer, what's the good and the bad of that, may also reaffirm for them why the school they committed to is is a better fit for them. I think it, it's as much about that too. You can go and. You could say, okay, you know, I really took the time to check out a couple schools just to see, am I missing something at the place I'm committed? I'm not even talking about money or any of that stuff, right? But is there something that that we're missing? You could actually go to a school and, and come out with something that you thought, hey, you know, uh, they're doing this, this, and this. You guys aren't. Is that something that you guys are going to do, right? And you could ask those questions to overall and maybe even improve your situation. So I don't think it's about a, a, a disloyal situation. I think it's about making sure the option that you're choosing is the right option. And if you don't explore, it's it's like, you know, hey, now there are people that do this. And God bless them for being able to figure that out because I definitely was not one of those people. But the first girl you date, you marry, right? <laughs> They're right. But how do you know if that, if, you know, especially when you're young, how do you know if that's the right girlfriend? If you don't date a few girls, right? right. If you date a few girls, if you just married the first one that walks in your way. Um, I don't think, you know, and I, and I use that as obviously this is a, a, um, there's a million factors with respect to it, but that's exactly, you have to, you have to kind of date a little bit to know if one, one place is the is the right place or not, and if you you know, if you don't actually go on a date with a couple of places, you may not know if the one that you really like is the right fit for the right reasons. Right, I got a one o'clock, so let's wrap it up. Yeah, um, you know, and let's talk about uh, social media. You're at Coach Schumann on Twitter. Um, Everything I'm at at M Farrell Sports on Twitter. Yeah, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, M. Farrell Sports, uh, Instagram, TikTok for you at Coach Schumann. Um, DM us if you're interested in the program. Um, you can follow at Farrell Promo too. Someone will reach out to you there as well. It's it's important. Um, you know, one one time, six months, 12 months, whatever. We'll, we'll do you right. We're not going to guarantee anything, but we'll we'll make sure that you're you get in front of the eyeballs that are necessary. And if you're good enough or if they're interested in you, they will they will reach out. Yeah. And, and we're seeing it happen now. And it's what we thought was going to happen. And um, it takes a little time, but it's, it's happening now. And, and I think players need to understand that this is the world we're in and you have an opportunity to be lucky enough to work with two people who've been in it for a really, really long time. And that builds connections. Just the networks that you're looking to reach out to, we've already established those over 25 years. So yep. take advantage yep. of it. It's a no-brainer. All right, Dave. I will. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll catch up with you this week and uh, next Monday at noon. Probably looks good. All right. Have a All great right. week. All See right. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.